Hi guys, welcome back to It's Me Tanks. How are we all doing? I am so excited about today's episode because it's something that I've wanted to talk about for a while and it's something that affects me and it's something that I see with you guys and I spent a good couple hours this week digging into it and that is why millennial women are so obsessed with body image and they have such a hard time with it and they can't seem to escape it. Now, a couple ground rules or a couple things that I want to state before I get into it. I this isn't a competition. One generation doesn't have it worse than the next and and I know that every generation of women faces a different set of challenges. But I'm a millennial and I have noticed a few things in in online discourse, in trends right now, in the way that Gen Z specifically look at us millennial women, just amongst my peers, just some things that I want to discuss. This is my experience. This is my hypothesis of why millennial women have it so hard. I'm not diminishing any other woman's experience. I know that, you know, in the 50s, they were telling people, oh, just drink a glass of white wine and that's all your food for the day or whatever. Everybody has shit. But I'm a millennial, so this is what I want to talk about today. So recently, the New York Post published an article that was like, uh, heroin chic is back. And everyone, you know, there's a big outcry because bodies aren't trends. And I think for a long time, we felt like we were making progress. We've seen more diversity on the runways. There is more inclusivity, size inclusivity than ever. We're not there yet, but things have it's it's seemed that things have been going in the right direction and i felt anecdotally that millennial women were the most upset about that most upset about this trend coming back and i've seen a lot of tiktoks of millennial women saying i'm so scared this is coming back this is reminding me of my childhood whatever um you know similarly to the threat i'm going to call it a threat that low rise jeans would come back every millennial woman is like oh no not again because when we grew up that was the cool thing to wear we grew up with britney spears and christina aguilera wearing uh jeans that barely covered their nunnies and for most women that's not a possibility because we're we are curvy we're shaped like you know we have uh fat on our hips like that's you know it's just not a possibility or it is and you can wear it but that's not how it's shown worn. You know, that's not how they show low-rise jeans worn. Similarly, the Miu Miu skirt, you know, the little tiny Miu Miu skirt that was going around. There was a big discussion of that where a lot of millennial women were like, this reminds me of a really dark time. So that this is why it kind of all bubbled up. So let's talk about, um, so firstly, I want to say bodies are not trends. And I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth here because part of me is like, We can't give this any airtime because I don't want to give it any power. But at the same time, I do feel it really needs to be discussed. So I guess let's discuss it, but not give it any real weight because bodies are not trends and we are we have been going in such a better direction. So let's let's take a a trip in our time machine. Why don't we let's go back to the 90s and 2000s when millennial women were growing up. And if you were born in those in the 90s or you know late 80s whatever you will remember this okay um 
There was an amazing article by Jessica Barrett in Grazia Magazine last year where she discusses what it was like to grow up in the 90s and 2000s in terms of weight. So let's take a few examples. You know that the most popular TV show, Friends? Think about one of the main punchlines in that show. Monica being fat. There would be flashbacks. She would wear a fat suit and it was like the worst thing in the world. And now she has this great life because she's thin. And it was like so embarrassing because she was fat. That was a main trope in Friends, the most popular sitcom, soap opera. I don't know what you call it, sitcom, I guess. Every week we watch that show. Okay. And that's like Friends. It, that wasn't on HBO. That was just like a normal TV show that we watched for six seasons while we were growing up. There's also a show called Ugly Betty, where America Ferreira is like the main character and she's described as fat. Okay. I I don't want to venture a guess. I mean, I will venture a guess. I think she's probably a size four or six. Okay. Maybe. Maybe, maybe even maybe even smaller. But on TV, they were like, oh, she's the fat one. And the entire show was just about how she was chubby and, you know, she she was literally ugly Betty. And then, I don't know why America Ferrera got hit, hit twice, but in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, if you guys remember that movie, she was like the fat one again. And they were all so shocked when the magical jeans fit her because her butt was bigger than everybody else's. Again, so below the average American woman size. And, and yet she was, she was shown as fat. So every little girl who was growing up during that time internalized a couple things. First of all, that that was fat. And second of all, that fat was bad and that it was okay to joke about being fat, that it was an acceptable punchline. That is what we were raised on, okay? It wasn't just passively fed to us. We were force-fed this idea that fat was bad, that fat was funny, and that fat was basically anyone over a size two. Think about the movie Shallow How, an entire movie about joking about being fat, uh, how fat is bad. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about a man who's incredibly shallow and he, he has a magical spell put, put on him so he doesn't see he, what people really look like. He sees like this idealized version of them and he falls for a curvy plus size woman, Gwyneth Paltrow, but it's, she's, she's plus size, but it's, it's, CGI so it's like represented in a very jokey way like it's she's not actually a plus size woman in the in real life so just keep that in mind and then the whole movie is like ooh, can he accept her when he finds out that she actually is fat and all this stuff so that that was like a whole movie um the Bridget Jones example so I was digging into this yesterday I will never forget reading the Bridget Jones book and it, all she does is talk about how fat she is. And by the way, I love the book. We can talk about this at the end. Like, can we enjoy this stuff that, you know, maybe fed us lies? But I, in the book, she goes on and on about how she's so fat. You know how much she weighs? 136 pounds. I haven't been 136 pounds since I was 15 years old. So when I was reading that, as a young woman, I thought, oh, I'm fat. And I thought, oh, that's bad. That's what I was, we were literally raised on. There was a movie called The Duff. You know what The Duff stands for? Designated Ugly Fat Friend. And again, she's like a pretty, she's probably like a size six, maybe a size four in it, probably smaller. Um, and then, and then you layer on the tabloids. And I don't think that Gen Z appreciates how much tabloid 
weight discussion we consumed. Every single week, Star Magazine, In Touch, Us Weekly, People, whatever, you know what they talked about? Weight. Weight of celebrity women. And I looked at the covers from those years, like 1997 to like 20, you know, all throughout the early 2000s. You guys would not believe it. And I genuinely don't think Gen Z would believe it if we showed them. There, there was literally headlines like fit or fat uh, and, and pinning women against each other. And like, um, you know, Je- can we talk about what they did to Jessica Simpson? Jessica Simpson, those jeans, the jeans seen around the world, people were discussing it like she had two heads. You know what size she was at that time? A size four. She writes that in her book because she was so shocked. She was just wearing high-waisted jeans. It was a weird angle of her. And she was a size four. And she was literally on the cover of every magazine of people bullying her about her weight, calling her fat. Tabloids. People on talk shows discussed her weight. They, like it was a, something of note. Uh, there's an interview in the, on The View. Um, it's so so crazy. It's Hillary Duff and she had lost a lot of weight and they were like, well, what did you do to lose the weight? You look so amazing. You look so skinny. Like it's all we talked about. And I don't think that many young people today have an appreciation for how 360 this was for us. I will never, I, I will never forget a couple years ago. I, I went back and I was reading my diary from when I was young and I was, I think I was like 12 or 13. And it was like, if I could just be 120 pounds, I know I'd be happy. And it's because they used to put numbers on the cover of tabloids. They used to be like, Lindsay plummets to 98 pounds, this and that, you know, like it was insane. It's insane. And we don't talk about it because I think that the media is embarrassed for their responsibility in, in this awful phenomenon. So to me, it's like three main things that I like three main points that I want to keep coming back to. Um, Millennial women had no idea what was fat and what wasn't fat. And we all thought we were fat. We thought fat was bad. And we also thought it was okay to joke about. Do you guys remember that the National Enquirer would post like complete spreads of celebrities running on the beach and circling their cellulite? And you want to know why I remember that? Because I used to buy all those, glo- the, those weekly magazines. And you know what I would do? I would go into my bathroom and I would sit on the floor and I would look at my body and I would compare my body to what I saw in the magazines. And, I, and, I, and you know what? A moment of truth here. I used to love those cellulite roundups when I was little, when I was a teenager. You want to know why? Because I had cellulite. And it made me feel better that celebrities had it too a little bit. So even though it was a disgusting and vile thing that these uh, tabloids were doing and that paparazzi were doing, and I was being wrongly indoctrinated, I literally was like, oh my God, thank God they have it too. Of course they do. Everybody has fucking cellulite. Everybody has cellulite. Then when I got a little bit older, we moved into like the skinny starlet era. And like, you know, Lindsay Lohan on the cover, like looking so small and and all of the celebrities were like bobbleheads and they were heralded that they were praised. You know, they were on the cover and they were making comments about their weight. But at the end of the day, that was the ideal. That was the ideal that we grew up with. I will never forget that Vanity Fair cover. It I, I'm I don't remember what year it was, but it was it's a silver background and it has purple. Everyone is in tones of purple and it's, a, it's like young Hollywood issue. Amanda Bynes, the Olsen twins, um, 
and they were all just so thin on the cover. And I remember thinking, holy fuck, holy fuck, I'm so fat. I remember thinking that. Uh, so that was in 2003. We just checked. That was like at the height of that era. So I was 13. Is that right? Yes, I was 13. Yeah, I was 13. I rem- wow, that's crazy because I remember thinking I should look like those girls. The obsession with size zero was unbelievable. When you look back and you type in like size zero uh, 2000s, it was mentioned on almost every magazine cover. Every magazine had an article about size zero. Do you understand? I don't want to place any meaning on it because, again, there are some people who are size zero naturally and there is no good or bad in any bodies. But do you understand the level of disordered eating that a person who is normally like a six or an eight has to do to get to a size zero? It's insane. It's insane that we put this this moral weight on on a number, on a size, and then we we made everyone obsessed with it. Like it, it's it's insane how much we talked about. Oh, is she a size zero? I want to be a zero. I want to be a zero. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's insanity. Google size zero two thousands and see the horror, and see the horror. See the diets that promise to get you to a zero. God, the diet culture. Also, that's something that I want to touch on too. The diet culture. I try. I've tried every diet because I grew up in the nineties. The Dukin diet. Uh, South Beach diet, Atkins diet, every single diet, because that was just what it was. Like, I, that's why it annoys me so much when I go on TikTok and I'm like making a salad and some little dipshit 17 year old is like, Tinks is doing diet culture because she had a salad. Sweetie, sweetie, you don't know diet culture. Don't talk to me about diet culture until you've consumed thousands of magazine covers about being a size zero that's not diet culture diet culture is having a new diet on a, on every cover of every magazine every week for 10 years diet culture is having size zero starlets on the cover of every magazine and telling young girls this is the ideal taking care of yourself having a salad and even prolon is not a diet okay because i know someone's gonna be like well, you do prolon yeah i do and i like to go to spas once or twice a year and have a break that's not diet culture, okay? Diet culture is the only drinking Diet Coke until five o'clock and then having one meal diet. Do you remember that one? I do. I do. You know how old I was when I did that one? Probably 16, 17. So no, a salad is not diet culture. Self-care and taking care of your body and eating what feels good to you is just self-care. Don't conflate the two. I really dislike in today's world how people will take a word and just completely misuse it and bastardize it to the point that it has no meaning anymore and it just uses some sort of a trump card in every conversation. Like, well, that, that, that's diet culture. No, it's not. Explain it to me. Explain that to me because there's a big difference. And we millennial women have enough fucking problems with trying to unlearn all of this negativity, this toxic messaging to then to have the generation below us be so finger pointy. And that's really what was the impetus of this episode is that I just want to give context to why we are how we are. We're not weak minded. Okay. We want to be saving the world too, but we have demons. Okay. We have demons. 
We are trying our best to girl boss, but there is a little voice inside of us that is saying, you're still not a two. You're still not a two. There's a voice inside of us that's saying that. And believe me, if we could all hold hands and get rid of it, we would. But it's fucking tough. It's fucking tough. All we used to do in the 90s and 2000s was talk about how to be skinny. Um, Special K. Do you remember Special K? The way that it was marketed? I mean, even in the UK, which is like more toned down than America, I remember the Special K. And I remember... I remember asking my mom to get me Special K because there was an advertisement on TV, I'll never forget this, that said if you had, if you replaced two meals with a bowl of Special K, uh, you would lose weight. And I remember asking her to get me that cereal and I was like eating a lot of it. And she was like, why do you like Special K so much? And I was like, oh, it's going to make me skinny. Like it's going to make me lose weight. And she was like, no, you, you, you don't understand. They're trying to trick you. You have to eat one tiny bowl. And if you've ever had Special K, it tastes like sugar air. So you never get full. You have to eat like an entire box to feel something. And my mom was like, no, no, no. This is like all a scam. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. So I can't eat four boxes of Special K a day and, and lose weight. Slim fast. We were in the height of the Slim Fast era. I begged my mom to get me Slim Fast. I fucking begged her. And she was like, no, you're a child. What is going on? I begged her. It was all around us, you guys. If you're a millennial, you know what I'm talking about. If you are younger than, than me, you, you don't understand. There was no representation. Any woman who was, who was bigger than a size four on screen was the fat friend. It, it, they were always the, you know, the, 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 uh, the comic relief in the, in the rom-com or whatever. And I was actually thinking about uh, when I did the recap of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Kate Hudson in the yellow dress. And even though this is an incredibly privileged, cis, straight, white experience that I had, I saw myself in her. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I saw her have small boobs on TV, that was the first time I'd ever seen someone with small boobs on the screen, movie or TV. And I felt so good and I felt so seen and it was such a watershed moment for me. And I, I, what I'm trying to say is if that is how little representation I felt as a cis, straight, white, privileged woman, like imagine, imagine what other women went through. Imagine growing up plus size in the 90s. Like imagine the internalized awfulness. Like it, it's, it's insane. And so when did things start to change? It honestly, for me, like I guess in college, I didn't really pay attention to, um, for me, the shift was like, I was obsessed with all that stuff. I would like read the magazines, like literally spend my money on all that stuff. And then when I went to college, I, I was like very focused on my friends in school and I really stopped paying attention to celebrities. And it was actually kind of a conscious effort because I was like, I think it's making me sad. And it was, and then it was just like good timing that I was going to college and I didn't care. Cause I was like, I'm living my life. Like I don't care, whatever. And same with San Francisco when I was, you know, working and I was kind of distracted. I didn't buy magazines. I didn't buy like tabloids anymore. I would buy like Vogue or whatever, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, look at that stuff. Although once in a while, you know who else I would look at is Perez Hilton. And he's a very, you know, he chronicled celebrity life in a very specific type of way. It was like, it was like Joan Rivers gone crazy. He was so mean about them. And 
I remember my friends and I at school, like we had a computer lab and my friends, Daniela, God, I haven't thought about them in so long, but I went to high school with them. We would go and we would read Perez Hilton and we like, we thought that was acceptable. You know, the way that he spoke about celebrities, like it never occurred to me that they were people. It never occurred to me that that, that those were women, that he was talking about their weight, like that he was shitting on Misha Barton for gaining all this weight after the OC and all this stuff. Like it never occurred to me. I just thought that that was normal. And if even if you think about like fashion police and like the way that we used to speak about celebrities, specifically female celebrities, was so out of pocket. It's insane. And I feel sad that I ever played it played into that I I I thought that that was acceptable so okay so then whatever I'm like in my young 20s I'm not really paying attention when I went to move to New York and I was in grad school I was in fashion school at Parsons for fashion journalism we started talking about diversity on the runways and I even wrote some articles I think I wrote an article for pop sugar in like probably 2015 that was like we are seeing like I think it was called we've made some good strides but we're not there yet and it was because it was my first exposure to diversity like I I got to New York and I was like oh my god we were in class and I was learning about this and I was like holy shit we have only seen one type of body in the public eye and it was just kind of like this oh my god moment but here's the thing for us millennials you can't unlearn something overnight. If you spend 20 years being told that you're not beautiful unless you're a size two, you can't just unlearn it overnight. It's not, it's not as simple as understanding it intellectually. The reason that I think millennial women are so obsessed with our weight and with body image is because it was drilled into us that that's the only thing that matters. And I think a lot of us have a hard time with body positivity, not for others, but for ourselves, which is the saddest part. Like we can fully celebrate all types of bodies and be so happy about the movement. But when it comes to ourselves, we're still like, if you don't fit in those fucking jeans, I'm going to kill you. Right. I, I, you know, I feel like I fit into that box sometimes. Like it's not always easy. Also, a, a nutritionist or ugh, I can't I'm so sorry. I don't remember exactly what their role was. Someone DM me and she said that we're, body neutrality is a better thing to strive for than body positivity because it's just like this is my body. And I actually love that. So I'm going to use that that I'm going to use that phrase more now. But but I think what I'm trying to say is when the body positivity movements first started coming out, I was like I was like ah, thinking I could never accept myself if I didn't look a certain way. I don't know. And it's like, it takes a long time to unlearn what we learned. It takes a long time to deconstruct all of the internalized fat phobia that all of us were fed. I mean, it was insane. Just do me a favor and Google in touch covers 2014. Just do it. Or sorry, uh, 2004, 2005. You're going to be horrified. It's literally insane the way that they would put women on the cover of these magazines, like awful paparazzi angles. And they would and they the the headlines would be like, um, like no friend, super fat. Like that's what they would put on the cover. We just thought it was normal. We didn't even bat an eyelid. I was consuming this shit when I was like 11. Like what? What? What the fuck? 
I also think it's worth noting that millennial women were raised by a generation of women who dieted and didn't complain about it. Okay, so go with me here. At the top of the show, I said every generation of women has a different set of shit that they have to deal with. And the boomers, they just didn't they didn't even question it. They just thought, oh, if I'm if I'm over if I'm gained some weight, I'm going to have cottage cheese and pineapple for a week straight. And they it didn't uh, occur to them. Like, why am I trying to make my body the smallest it can possibly be? Why am I trying to fit an ideal that men have decided on? Why do I need to lose weight? Why do I need to be a size two? They, they didn't even question that. And I think that created a very interesting dynamic between boomer moms and millennial daughters, right? Because they were, they're kind of very matter of fact about it. They're like, just eat almonds or like, just skip dinner or just have cottage cheese. And millennial women, we came into the world and we were told, you, you're girl bosses, you can do whatever you want. But then our moms were like, but also I was 120 pounds on my wedding day. And that's a very fucked up di- dichotomy. That's a very fucked up dichotomy, right? Not blaming the moms, not blaming them. I've spoken about this before and I really don't like when daughters just blanket bl- blame their moms for everything. They did the best they could with what they had, right? They didn't know any fucking better. They literally just accepted that they were going to have to be a certain size and look a certain way and, and act a certain way. They didn't know any better. They didn't have an ounce of diversity in their, in their life. When I look around at my peers, my friends, other women in my generation, I just feel so badly for us because we were indoctrinated with so much self-hatred and such a scarcity mindset. I feel that millennial women are amongst the most competitive women too. And I, I, I'm connecting it all. I'm connecting it all because if you're saying to young girls, you're only valuable if you look a certain way then that is going to naturally make them competitive with one another. That is telling them that there isn't enough to go around. That's telling them that the girl next to them is their enemy and not their friend. And by the way, you know who did a, who played a big role in that is the media, pitting women against each other. Who's thinner, Lindsay Lohan or, or Paris Hilton? Like, it, that's all they did was pit women against each other and using, using their weight to, to do it. I used to think being fat was bad. I was terrified of being fat and I didn't know any better. When we're brought up consuming content and body types of a certain way, it can take years to undo that thinking. So if you're a millennial woman and you feel like it's hard sometimes to accept your, your body and you're like, well, fuck, we have all this diversity and this amazing movement. Why don't I feel it for myself? I want you to remember it's not your fault and to go easy on yourself. And to go back to what I always say, which is like, if you wouldn't say it about another person, your, your best friend, don't say it to yourself. No one is harder on themselves than women. You are unlearning years of bullshit and relearning what's right. And that takes time. And the more we talk about it, the more we're open about it, the better we can, we, the better we can be and the more we can help each other. It takes time. And you know what it takes more than anything? It's representation. Like I follow all size six to eight um, influencers now on like TikTok and Instagram because they have bodies just like mine. And I don't think that Gen Z appreciates or understands that we didn't have that. We didn't really have influencers, right? We, we only had celebrities to look up to. They were, they were telling us, pick, pick Jen or Angelina. Okay, well, neither of them look like me. They're both fucking stunning, but okay, sure. 
We didn't have anybody who was kind of on our level to look up to. We couldn't look on Instagram for size six fashion and find what we need or whatever it is that whatever body type, long torso gang. Like think about now, like I'm not saying that I'm helping, you know, in a big way, but I have a long torso. I tell you guys about what I think looks good on our body types if you have a long torso too. I wish I had a long list of tips on how to unlearn all of this bullshit. But to me, the number one thing that has helped me is simply representation. It's, I'm going to say this really bluntly. I hope it doesn't come across weird. Like when I see a girl who's like a size six, eight, and she's cute on Instagram or TikTok and like showing me how to like dress cute, I, I like feel good about myself. And like, especially if she's like cool, but she's like normal, you know, she's not like a, a model. She's just like a cool, normal girl. Like one, one that comes to mind is Logan Hill on TikTok. She's size six, eight, has a very similar body, body to me. And like, she's so cute and so cool. And like her being so confident makes me feel confident. And that's what I try to do for you guys too, is like, I am, I am the size I am. And I hope that you think I'm cool. And the fact that I'm confident most of the time, I hope that that helps you. That's literally what helps me. It helps me to see bodies of every single type, like the more, the better. So I I guess what I'm saying is representation in both ways, representation of what I look like. And I would encourage you guys to seek out influencers and, you know, whatever TikTokers that, that have your body type or whatever, but also just seeing a million different body types, because that's how we remember that bodies aren't trends. They're just these fucking meat sacks that we live in. And there's a million different ones and none is good and none is bad. They're just ours, right? It's just ours. It's just what we have. And again, if you are a millennial and you have a hard time with your body, I want you to know it's not your fault. Like we were really dealt the short end of the stick and we're doing our fucking best to hop on this, hop on the train and feel better about ourselves. But it takes a fucking minute. And I just, I wish I could go back and unlearn everything in the moment and never consume all that and never just and never just participate in that in any way shape or form um it's it's a it's a slow it's a slow process but we're going to get there you guys i really hope this is helpful i feel like i could talk about it for 10 hours um but i love you and i hope you have <laughs> really finishing off strong there. I love you and I hope that you have an amazing, amazing weekend. We're going into Thanksgiving next weekend. I'm week. I'm so excited to go home. I'm going home today. I can't wait. Um, okay. I love you guys. Have a good one. Bye.